Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome. This is Futures Focus. This is a podcast brought to you by Prospects1500.com. It's me, your host, Alex Sanchez. Joining me today, after a week where we uh, we went without speaking, to put it mildly, <laughs> Mr. David Gasper. David, I'll let you go ahead and start with the feelings, the emotions, anything you want to talk about right now. Um, for anybody that doesn't follow, by the way, David is a huge Brewers fan, and I'm a Braves fan, so if you need some context, that's where we're at right now. Yeah, so Dave, you away, jerk face over there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, that was that that whole series was bad. I mean, Max Fried is really good. Um, you know, the Braves got you know some really really good players. Um, despite going through all this without Mike Soroka, without Ronald Acuna, um, and they they lost someone else too. Mar- Marcelo Zuna. Um, yeah, we don't, they lost him to different issues. We yeah. don't talk about him. <laughs> but still. Um, I had somebody on Twitter yeah. say that we lost Stephen Voigt, too. Like, included him in those three names. I was like, well. I was like, I mean, <laughs> yes, did. you did. But, I mean, it's, it's a different tier, you know? Different tier of, of loss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that was just uh, – that that series was well played by the Braves and, and poorly played by the, by the Brewers. And so that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles. Sometimes and now we got spilled milk. <laughs> well, I it, it was clearly going to be a low-scoring series, and it, it, yeah, I didn't think it would be that low-scoring where you had two games where you just didn't score at all. Like it shows you that at least it shows you like that what you need to work on for next year, right? So I mean, obviously the Brewers are going to make some adjustments and maybe some of these prospects start to come up too, but. If the offense even remotely shows up, like they just, I they just need an average offense because those three yeah. pitchers at the top were incredible. I was very impressed with Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. I mean, I've seen them before for sure, but they uh, they showed up in a big, big way. Even, um, I mean, the bullpen was pretty good for you guys as well. It was it's just the offense. It's just nobody could hit. Yeah, yeah. You can have all the best pitching in the world, but if you don't score any runs yourself, you're not going to win. Yeah, and it's not like we don't have good pitchers either. So when they oh, no. to, to some some playoff pitching, it was just yeah. it was just, tough. It just except that the, the Brewers also just kind of seemed to lack an approach there. I mean, their their approach against Max Freed was terrible. You know, Freed, and, yeah. and Freed pitched well, but I mean they yeah. they should not have looked that overmatched. Yeah, there was yeah. times where I wasn't even worried. You know, when especially when Max was throwing, he was so locked in that day. I haven't seen him locked in like that. Um, ever like he was very very focused but what you're saying is absolutely correct they just they're not right they weren't ready yet you know and uh that's not to say that next year they won't be you know i think they'll they'll still be there next year clearly the future's still very bright and um, but it'd help if yelich would stop striking out looking to end the season and just you know that's been a mess when will smith is in for us and christian yelich is up for you and i was like oh we won before a pitch was even thrown, that's when you know it was Yelich. Yeah, yeah. When Christian Yelich is up and Brewers fans are not even excited about it and are actually dreading it, that's when things swing. are bad. Didn't even swing the bat that last that bat. Something no, he had a check crazy. swing if that counts. Yeah, God. it's clearly wrong with him. Anyway, it was a great, great series. 
uh, no hard feelings. Hopefully, I think that uh, we the Braves have a little ways to go here as we wait the Dodgers and Giants. I don't, I don't know if we have enough to beat either of those teams in a seven-game series, but sure, sure hope so. But let's get on to some stuff today. We got a great show. We have one of my favorite things that we do at this site, and that is our aggregate top 200 list or so. It's always a different number based on how it sort of works out. But we had 25 different staff members create their top 100 list. And then what Scott does is he puts it all together in math and stuff happens. I don't know, science perhaps (laughs) even. And we get this aggregate list of the top 100 prospects according to Prospects 1500. I think this is great. I was using this uh, top 100 list, top 200 list before I even started working here uh, at Prospects 1500 because I felt that you got the best range of opinions. Instead of one or two or three guys doing it, 25 different guys. And as you'll notice in the list when we go over it, these guys that know their guys, like they're all in, they've seen them, they've like talked to these guys, then they're going to bump them up the list. And so you're going to, this is a surprising list, honestly, with sometimes the order. I mean, the top is pretty straightforward, but we're going to dive into that. We have, I made a list, you made a list. We have some differences. Um, we'll talk about that. And um, it's just a really interesting thing. And that, that list is getting released. Uh, it just was released. So you can check it out on the website, Prospects 1500. Dot com. But before we get into that list, there are still news and notes. I'm trying to like, oh, we're finally done with the news and notes. But no, we had some prospects making some noise. And of course, we have the AFL, the Arizona Fall League to discuss as Ooh. well. So we have uh, some interesting things. A couple of things uh, in terms of injuries with Riley Green with a concussion. He was scratched from the Arizona Fall League. Uh, I don't think he really needs it. I think a safe approach is there. There's not much to look into that. But a couple of guys that were hurt during the year two of my favorites, C.J. Abrams and Hunter Bishop are going to at least join and hopefully take part in the AFL. So of those two guys, uh, who are you most excited to see coming back? Oh, I'm excited to see C.J. Abrams back. I mean, I'm with you there on on Abrams. I mean, he's uh, got incredible offensive potential. Um, You know, he had the, what was it? It was the broken leg uh, that that ended his his minor league season. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that that's always a tough injury, but, you know, really excited to see how he comes back from that and, and you know, to see him get some extra ABs here towards the end of the season so he doesn't have to wait until spring training next year to get some in-game at-bats. Um, so that, that's going to be really good to see and could really kind of push him to being even closer to contributing to that uh, Padres roster. Um, if you can kind of get that strong start going there in the AFL – that's going to put him in a much better spot to contribute sooner uh, next season. So, and we all know, given the Padres collapse, that they could use all the help that they can get. But you know, primarily that's pitching over there. But you know, quite a quite a bit about that Padres system and what they need. Yeah, and you know, it seems like the roadblocks that were there at the beginning of the year for Abrams have suddenly sort of vanished with Kim not really being a a huge success in his first year is probably too early to tell about that. Tatis definitely worries uh, baseball, not just Padre fans, but baseball fans with his shoulder. Like, there's going to be playing time to have. And the fact that he's already working out at the facility and he's going to play in the winter. I mean, uh, we're going to buy, if you can buy low and by buy low, I mean, he's probably 
eight or nine on, on people's lists. Like that's low to me still. So bye, bye, bye this guy. He's going to be amazing. And he's, he's still so young. We can't forget how young he is. Don't forget Hunter Bishop too. It was a lost year for him. One of my favorites, really nothing he did should lower him besides the injuries this year. He was, he just was a disaster that way, but keep an eye on him as well. A couple of guys got called up lately. I was actually quite surprised to see O'Neill Cruz get called mm-hmm. up for the Pittsburgh Pirates, a six foot six monster shortstop. He got into one game, um, and uh, yeah, he looked get a home run. Cruz, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, he got into two games. He got the Saturday yeah. and the Sunday. Now that it's been a while, <laughs> but what did you think about? Call first of all, calling him up, and second about what you saw in those uh, few plate appearances. Well, I mean, it's very interesting that they called him up for the final two days of a completely lost season for the Pirates and, and starting a service clock that way. Um, but it's, I, I'm excited for, I mean, that that's going to be the future at shortstop, I believe for the Pittsburgh pirates. And I mean, if he can stick at that position at that size, um, and provide the, the monster type of offense that, uh, he just kind of showed in those uh, few games and, and what he showed in the minor leagues, um, then, you know, the pirates can start building towards something. Um, so that's kind of, you know, as, as a fan of baseball in general, like, you know, the Pirates fans deserve better, so it's exciting for them. As a fan of a different team in the NL Central, that's not exactly, uh, you know, a, a great sight. But, you know, that they do kind of uh, deserve something uh, over there. So I'm excited to see what O'Neill Cruz can do. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting to do a little bit of a preview on that aggregate list. Those two games didn't do anything for me. I don't think that like it raised his stock in the fact that, oh my God, they called him up. He deserves to get bumped up lists. And yet he's up to number 40 on our aggregate list, which is insane to me because I barely had him in the top 100, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and apparently I'm the low guy on O'Neill Cruz now because of that. I, I just don't know what to, I thought it was just like a courtesy because his year wasn't like insane. It was good for sure. It was a 292, 12 home runs, 18 stolen bases at Triple A, or no, at Double A. I'm sorry, as a, a 22-year-old, certainly great. Um, and then came up to Triple A for 29 plate appearances and just crushed it. But I guess that that part maybe I need to look closer into. Um, but yeah, very interesting to see him come up. Glad they did it. I wish some other teams would have done stuff like that too. <laughs> uh, Royals, but <laughs> Orioles. Or yeah, badly. just do it, bro. It's not that big of a deal anyway. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, a guy that's not going to be playing in winter ball. Uh, I'm sure to uh, it's actually uh, the Dominican winter league. He won't be playing in. That's Julio Rodriguez. He's going to actually be going uh, and staying in Arizona uh, to do some training. I guess I don't see him on. Is he on a roster? Do you happen to know off the top of your head? I, I got no him. idea. Yeah, I didn't see any reports. So. I'm not sure what his plan is for the offseason. I was, um, you know, those Dominican Winter Leagues are often something that these type of players will go back into. So keep an eye on that. Just make sure that uh, I would like to see him play in the the offseason. But I guess he doesn't have to. He's kind of already amazing. Um, The Braves did call up Spencer Strider, which was, again, we've talked about him on the show. He got the call up and uh, didn't do too great, didn't make the playoff roster but still i mean what a what a rise for him very nice to see and then i wanted to just talk about one last time it's probably one of the last times we'll we'll get to he's probably not technically a prospect in any sense but wander franco just doing amazing things in that 
short series now. I uh, thought they would give the Red Sox a little bit bigger of a fight, to be honest. But Wander Franco looked amazing. He looked like he rose up to the challenge. The spotlight was not bright enough for him. He, you know, he just looked incredible. What were your thoughts on Wander going into that playoff series? Yeah, I mean, it, it's almost like this. It's almost like there was someone. It's almost like there were some people telling us that Wander Franco was a really good hitter and that he was going to do stuff like this. Like, you know, how were we not on this? How did we not know this kid was going to be a stud? Oh, wait, we did. Yeah. Everybody knew. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, you knew. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Everybody. If if you follow anyone in the prospect world, you knew Wander Franco is going to be a guy. You remember... Uh, that moment there where like he was struggling a little bit and people were wondering if he was kind of overrated. Remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah. His first like week or so, like he went over three with like a walk in his first game and everyone's like, Oh no, uh, maybe he's not it. You know, it's like, did, did you expect him to bat a thousand? Nobody said that, mm-hmm. but or do you even remember further when he was hitting a lot of ground balls in double a, and everybody was like, oh, he can't lift the ball. This isn't a guy you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Don't listen to the counterculture that just say things to to say things. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think because it started because Jared Kelnick was called up first. And he came up and wasn't really doing much. And then, you know, when Franco kind of did the same thing through the first, like, two or three days, everyone's like, oh, maybe all these guys were overhyped. And no. No, no. he is not. I'm so excited to to follow his career. He's he gonna, might have been underhyped. Who knows? He's going to win a lot of padding titles. It's going to be fun to see him and Vladdy go at it. I think they're going to kind of always be in the, the top 10, you know, for batting average. And um, I just think Vladdy's season, I mean, we're not really a baseball podcast per se. Uh, we, we focus on the broadcast, uh, the prospects, but Vladdy, man, I'm, I'm those Vlad, Vladdy guys, was a big time prospect. So I suppose it counts. We talk, but we, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, there there's always a free pass to talk Vladdy. Yes, he's and he's fun. There's so much talent. It's it's crazy. But we're gonna tell you the other guys that are coming up and uh talk about that aggregate list. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Futures focus, David Gasper, Alex Sanchez coming right back after this. Ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And we're back. Futures Focus here. This podcast brought to you by Prospects 1500. My name is Alex Sanchez, David Gasper. We have a top 200 list. I think it was an even 200 this year. Let me just double check that really quick. Um, no, it was more than that. 206 players. Well, let me take that back. A few are probably off. It's, it's around the 200 range um, that were ranked by the staff here on Prospects 1500. You made a list. I made a list. We're definitely going to talk about that. 
I want to go over the list a little bit. I think it's quite interesting. You're going to notice that at the start, it's going to be very similar to most any list that you'll see. Like, I'll just be honest. And I don't know how you could rotate the top too much. I think, again, we've talked about how there's tiers. I think, uh, you know, the top 10 is almost its own tier. Maybe if you want to include Grayson Rodriguez, who comes in for 11 at us. I think after that, it drops off very noticeably. And I don't really care how you arrange the 10, so long as you put Bobby Witt first. I think that's <laughs> must. And I uh, I believe you did as well, right? Yeah. Yep. I, <clears throat> I had Bobby Witt first. But, I mean, there are, there are a couple other guys who got some first-place votes. Julio Rodriguez, yes. uh, Adley Rutschman got some first-place votes. So, I, I think it's it's – those were the only three guys that got first place votes. So, I mean, that that's really kind of your tier one. Yeah. And again, that you could take this all the way to top 10. I mean, I'm looking at the the ranks here. Sure. Some people uh, didn't have Noel V. Marte or Luciano in their top 10, but most everybody had this top 10 in some sort of range. I'll just read them off quickly. Bobby Witt at one, Julio Rodriguez at two, Adley at three. Spencer Torkelson at four, Riley Green at five, C.J. Abrams at six, Novi Marte at seven, Marco Luciano at eight, Brennan Davis and Corbin Carroll rounding off the top ten. And I I totally get on board with that. I think I put Rutschman a little bit lower because of the catching. I'm not as high on Riley. I see we we ranked Riley Green both at number eight. So, uh, but it doesn't matter honestly. It it doesn't matter if you're a top ten guy. I mean, these guys are clearly the best of the best, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's clearly, you know, kind of up there and it's just a little bit of shuffling either way. I mean, there, there's really kind of no one that, um, you know, in that top group that, you know, th- there's not a lot of variance, you know, with those guys. I mean, for uh, a lot of them, the lowest that, you know, they were on anyone's list was about 20 or so uh, for some of these guys. But that that was like the absolute lowest. So it it it's pretty kind of clear there among that uh, top group. Yeah. I'm looking at my list again. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since I've done it. Uh, I did have Robert Hassel the third in my top 10. You did have Hedbert Perez in your top yep. 10. So we probably could extend this list to maybe 12 or so, but that's, I mean, after that Grayson, you know, with Shane Boz and Tristan Cassis, Zach Veen, I think, I, I mean, I obviously like those guys, but, they're just such a step below. Like if you tried to trade Tristan Cassis for CJ Abrams, you'd have to include a, a big piece beyond that. Whereas if I'm trying to trade Josh Young for Tristan Cassis, right, there there might be a guy out there that just accepts that straight up or like add a, a bullpen reliever or something like that. So the tier one is, is it, it's, it is what it is at this point. I, I don't remember a time where it was so clear cut where the top 10 were like this, but then again, I haven't been around forever. Um, but as we get a little bit lower, there are a couple of names that might jump off the list. Now I'll I'll list a few. And maybe if you want to give your list as well, just names that shot up the list for whatever reason, most likely because of just a breakout year or uh, whatever it may be. But for me, a couple of the names that I'm, I'm happy to see, but, uh, Anthony Volpe, whoa, say a word, checks in at 16. I thought that was uh, great to see him. People are buying into that 100%. A guy I love, Tyler Soderstrom, at number 20, I think is extremely high. I don't think you'll see Soderstrom that high on too many other lists, and I love it. I love it. I think that we also did a good job ranking 
Jordan Walker at 25. Um, that actually falls kind of exactly in the middle of where you and I had him. So that's nice how that works out. Um, of course, Hedbert Perez checks in at 36, which I know you're going to disagree with. Um, <laughs> but to see him that low, I mean, I've seen him uh, at 80s and 90s on some very reputable lists. So I think we're pretty uh, progressive on that. I mean, that's what this list is to me. It's a very progressive list. These are guys that people, they're not just putting up here to get clickbait, which I feel, and I'm not going to name any names, but that a lot of publications will do. I'm like, oh, look at me. I can rank Nick Prado in the top 10 because I am awesome. <laughs> you know, so it's like we, but these guys, like everybody that ranks these guys highly has buy into it and, and has evidence to back it up, data to prove it. Um, at least that's how I feel. What do you think? What are, uh, do you think that's an accurate statement that this list is uh, a little unique and progressive in that way? Yeah, I, I think so. And I mean, even if there are like, you know, some guys that, um, you know, a couple of, of writers, you know, one or two are just really super high on, uh, there's someone else to to balance that out, you know, because like you, you mentioned Hedbert Perez and as the CEO of the Hedbert Perez hype train, <laughs> I am high on Hedbert Perez and I am the high guy on Hedbert Perez. I, I had him in my top 10. Um, so, yeah, like, like that's kind of to be expected. But someone else had Hebert Perez at 96. Um, two guys didn't even have Hedbert on their top 100. So Ooh. for every super high guy, um, there are guys who are who are going to be low on those dudes and really kind of uh, balance it out. Um, although I will be tracking down those two writers who shall remain unnamed to the rest of you. Um, but I know who they are, and I shall be tracking them down and finding them. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, let's just lead on to that. Um, very interesting. You know, I made my list without looking at anybody else's. I didn't look at any publications. I simply acted like this was a dynasty draft. And if I was picking at that point, that's who I put. And then I crossed them off the list. And then that's how I did it. Um, how did you do it, actually? I wanted to get your process behind. How did you go about ranking your top 100? Um. It was really, it was really kind of a feel thing. I mean, I, I did it different than yours. You know, I was, you know, kind of looking at where other guys were, were kind of having um, guys in, in their range, you know, especially for players that I didn't know quite as much about, you know, I, I dig into them a little bit, but just kind of, you know, seeing uh, where other guys had, had them ranked um, just kind of see if this is, you know, mildly, um, you know, if, if it's a good spot for them. You know, guys, it's like, eh, that, that's a little too high for me or that's a little too low. I'm, I'm going to go here, going to go there. Um, so I just kind of, you know, patched it together. Um, you know, I found, um, you know, I, I knew my guys that, that I was going to be high on, that, that I was going, that I really liked um, and pushed them, you know, a, a little bit higher um, than, than others. So, you know, I tried not to do uh, too much. Uh, last year, I did not do the... Uh, top uh aggregate ranking here i did not make a list for it so this is my first time doing like a full uh top 100 so you know still kind of figuring out the yeah. uh strategy uh for making it so just kind of patched it together absolutely I, I mean that's exactly what i did the first couple of times i always had some guys out and you know i want to push this guy up i want people to know that you know this guy is really good um so i tried to you know, i've never done it like this where i just kind of I, I literally deleted everybody else and just put my guys in. And I think that explains why you're the high guy on two people in the top 100. I'm the high guy on 
12 different guys. Oh. <laughs> so um, it's very interesting how that worked out. I wasn't trying to do that. It just kind of happened. I learned some stuff that I, I didn't know before. But I did want to share uh, your two high guys, and you can kind of – we can discuss some of the guys. I, I can guess one of them. Yeah. yeah, I think everybody knows by now. Hedbert Perez, number uh, nine for you. I had him at 26, and then he clocks in at 36 yeah. on our list. So If I wasn't the high guy on Hedbert Perez, I'd have to give up my title I'd as CEO of the Hedbert Perez hype train, and I do not want to give up that title. No, Not yet. Not with uh, all that's left to uncover with his magical journey. That's going to happen. But you did – have the high on another guy, and you don't even know who it is. I'm going to... I do not. I, I am intrigued to learn. It's way down on the list, for sure. It's not anything crazy. But you are the high guy, congratulations, on Isaiah Green. Really? Yeah. You Interesting. You have at 75. That is the high. Wow. I yeah. did not know that. Fun fact. I didn't rank him. I, I didn't. I didn't think it was that controversial to have him at 75. Yeah. But. Well, clearly, I disagree with you. I mean, I don't even. I don't have him in my top 100. So, what's the case? Why are you uh, also driving the Isaiah Green bandwagon? Okay. Well, I mean, I don't think putting him at a uh, 75 is necessarily driving the the bandwagon here, um, or, or driving the hype train. Yeah, but him. only only four people ranked him. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So what do you like about it? Oh, I'm curious. I mean, I don't I'm not bagging on you for it. I, I think he's a good prospect for sure. But what do you like specifically? I mean, I, I really liked him uh, coming out of the draft. Um, you know, I, I thought that was a good player. And, and being an outfielder in uh, in the Indian system, I mean, you can really kind of uh, work your way up because there are plenty of uh, big league opportunities uh, for for that group. Um you know, coming over in the in the Lindor trade, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really liked him in the draft. Um, you know, he's got you know he hit 289 this year. had an, He had an on base percentage of 421. Um, so he's getting on base. You know, hitting hitting relatively well. Didn't really have the big power um, in rookie ball, um, but you know, he's someone that you know I think has a lot of tools and, and has a bright future. You know what? Now that you mentioned that Lindor trade, I think that has to start to enter people's minds. Like if you get traded for Francisco Lindor, <laughs> like yeah. somebody is invested in you and knows something or wants to unlock something. So I think that's a really good point to not forget. Uh, you can't do that for everybody. I mean, teams are going to make mistakes too, but I mean, you got traded. Well, of course, Lindor kind of sucks now. So <laughs> maybe... <laughs> But at the time of the trade, it was a, it was a no, superstar that, trade. Kidding. I think Lindor is absolutely a stud. But um, yeah, so it's interesting to know. Um, all right, I'm not. We can't talk about all of the guys that I'm high on. So I'll just name them really quickly, and then you can pick a couple that you maybe want to talk about, and we can compare it to where you ranked. But um, it, it, there's a few that are obvious, and there's a few that aren't. But I'm the high guy on Austin Martin, Jordan Groshans, Michael Harris, Gunnar Henderson, Blaze Jordan, Michael Bush, Austin Wells, Carlos Colmenares, Hunter Bishop, Kyle Muller, and Dre Jameson. Hmm. You're the high guy on Michael Harris? Man, I am shocked. That one is no, that's the headbird equivalent for sure. I don't, we don't even need to discuss that one. I was, uh, was going to make sure that he was high. I mean, I would, I honestly, I would have picked him at that spot which uh, he clocks in at 64 on our list. I had him, let me put over here, 
Where did I have them? 23. So that's pretty, that's pretty good. Where did you have them? Michael Harris? Yeah. Um, let's see. Sorry, I have I have a lot of tabs open. Now you had him at 50. So you're you're good on him too. You're ahead yeah. of the curve. Yeah, love yeah, I, I have I have heard you talk about him plenty of times, and <laughs> I, I think that did rub off on me a little yeah. bit. They're like, I'm, I'm like, I gotta have them in the top fifty somewhere, yeah. and he slotted in at fifty. I and I return the favor for Hedbert. I feel like it's just like yeah. that Spider Man Spider Man meme where they're pointing at each other. It's Michael Harris and Hedbert Perez for us. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, those other names. Anybody else kind of jump out at you that? Uh, Maybe you didn't rank nearly as high. Um, Dre Jameson, I did not have in my uh, top 100, so I'm I'm a little intrigued to you know see where did where did you have? Yeah, uh, I mean Jameson? I had 94, 94. Okay. So that one that one's kind of like your Isaiah Green in the fact that um, he just throws so hard and he had a really good season. I think people forget, and of course I'm talking about the right-handed pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, he made it all the way up to double uh, A this year with uh, the strikeout totals are just crazy. 68 over 46 at double A, 77 over 64 in low A. And he just I mean, right now he's not there, but he has humongous stuff and he has huge strikeout stuff. And at the back end, I'm I'm, I'm, sh- I'm the only one that ranked him. Yeah, I'm pretty shocked. Like there's a lot of other guys that I would I would pass on for Dre. I think he's he's really underrated, but um, one one that surprised me I couldn't believe this and we'll talk about this later too on the too early MILB mock draft which is going to be our kind of our finale episode when we get over that we'll just explain that when it comes but uh, Blaze Jordan I'm like the high guy on Blaze Jordan I'm not sure how this happened <laughs> he came in <laughs> at 77 who didn't rank him and I have him at 32. Wow. Yeah, that's it's a little surprising. And you were much higher than uh than the big boss man Scott Green, yeah. who loves was, Blaze Jordan. I know that worries me actually in terms of <laughs> Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, he's got a great swing and he came out dropping bombs as a nineteen year old, twenty year old. Yeah. Like, yeah. Honestly, I mean talent like if it all comes together yeah. for Blaze Jordan. Then yeah, I, I think that's that's a worthy spot for his ranking. Um, you know, there there's still uncertainty there for me that that he's going to put it all together and achieve um, the basically star level type of hitter that he could be. Um, there's a lot of risk with that. There's a huge chance he won't get to that level. Um, but if he does, I, I think that's a worthy ranking. I, I just kind of wanted a, a little more time to yes, that's the uh, big thing. see from him. We just haven't had a lot of time, but I feel like I've known him for years because of those damn YouTube videos. So whoever his publicist <laughs> is needs to get a raise because for, for whatever reason, I, I love me some Blaze Jordan. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, you you like big bombs and you cannot lie. I do. I do. I mean, he's Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Just exactly. You know, a years behind. Um, another guy that really surprised me, I, I don't know why uh, people... Let me be the high guy on this guy. It's Austin Martin, who I had at 17, the number two overall pick, of course, got traded from Toronto to Minnesota. You had him at 27. He comes in at 31 on our list, which was surprising to me. If you, uh, how many, yeah, well, <laughs> one person didn't rank them. I think you know who it is. Um, <laughs> but uh, Austin Martin, why, 
why am I the low guy on him? I don't get it. Or the high guy on him. I thought that uh, he had all the all the fanfare. As you know, he hasn't hit for a lot of power, but he's like about as safe as a prospect as you can get in this top 100. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I thought I had him in, in a pretty good spot at what what I had him at here, like 27. 27? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he. He's a top 30 prospect, um, you know, and maybe maybe being traded um, caused a lot of people to be down on him or, or whatever and going to Minnesota. I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm not sure what his numbers were ex- off the top of my head uh, this he season. He got good at but... the end of the season, which is what gave me a lot of uh, confidence going forward. Like he finished on a very good hot streak there at the end and. Um, the power just hasn't come yet. I mean, if the power came, everything else, the strikeouts are low, the walk rate is high, the, the steals are there, the, the position versatility is yeah. there. He only hit five home runs this year, and I think that just... Yeah, know, I mean, still still very strong in real yeah. life prospect, um, sure, but without that home that. runs, uh, fantasy-wise, it, it dings the value a little bit, I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think people really like to know the low guys, though. Um, as well. So we can come back to the high guys later, but I think people love to get offended and call you out. So let's go do that to ourselves now. Um, I'll start with one. I'll go over to a couple of mine as well, but I have to know, have to know how you did not rank Reginald Preciado for the Cubs. Mm. Um, that, that one was close. Like, I mean, when I came down to kind of the final 10, I mean, there, there was a bunch of guys I was considering um, down there and uh, I think just kind of going through um, I, I just kind of ended up um, leaving them off um, and I mean the, I, there, there were some guys that I wanted to make sure like got on the list like when it came down to those final votes you know it's like okay th- this is going to come out to like 200 some players and you know there's some of these guys that deserve to be within the top 200 overall but if they don't get anything here, um, then they're, they're not going to be on that list. And I knew plenty of others had a Preciado. Yes. Um, yes. So it's kind of getting the – it was almost like an approach to the, the crowded Hall of Fame ballots. You know, it's like, okay, you got you, – you know Derek Jeter's going to get in, so you're that one voter – that leaves, I mean, I'm not going to compare this guy to Derek Jeter, but, you know, it's yeah. it's that kind of thing. You know, it's like, OK, you know, this guy is going to be on. He, he's got votes and whatever else, you know, get, you know, give the the spot to someone else to ensure that they um, end up, you know, remaining on the ballot. Yeah, that's a, I mean, I very acceptable response. I think that's a, a good way of looking at it. Um, he's another guy just like Blaze, like he came out very, very impressive this year but it's still so little in terms of actual information we have i mean 154 plate appearances as an 18 year old so there is a you know a lot of ways this could not work out for this guy um i even thought i was waiting a while um but he actually checks in 70 at our list so um i had him at 62 you did not have him ranked um but i think your explanation is really a good one i think that you wouldn't say that you dislike him but just trying to get some other guys noticed as well. So appreciate that. A guy that I've, again, I, I was very surprised surprised when some of these came out. And a guy that you had ranked at 38 comes in at number 30 on our list. I had him at number 58. That's Alec Thomas for the 
Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, and I was, I, I've never not liked him. Um, I guess that's a little low now that I look at some of the other people and ranking him. But I just don't know what he's going to do super well. You know, I just I feel like he's going to maybe hit 15 home runs and maybe steal 10 bases and maybe hit 290. And I'm like, I'm not that excited about it. So um, that's why I was a little bit low on him. Am I, am I seeing things different? Do you think he has a standout skill, Alec Thomas, outfielder, Diamondbacks? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I think he's someone that, that's going to have a, a bright future and, and is going to put up um, solid numbers overall. Um, and I, I think with that, um, there, there, there's value. You know, it, it may not be something uh, as like a huge standout in, in any specific ca- category, but I mean, you do kind of all those parts well. I mean, you, you get yourself, you know, pretty solid uh, overall value. I mean, he's not going to carry a fantasy team, but, um, you know, he puts up some, some good numbers. I mean, he, he hits 313 with 18 homers and 13 stolen bases this year. I mean, it's, you know, solid, well-rounded, uh, number. I mean, 950 OPS, uh, nothing really kind of to sneeze at there. I mean, between double A and triple A, uh, he put up these numbers and hit remarkably well in triple A and in Reno in the final 34 games hit 369, over, over his final 34 games in AAA with eight homers there. So I think he had a really strong end to the season, um, and that you know probably pushed him up a lot more. Yeah, to be honest, if he can, for me, in my mind, it's a floor prospect. I mean, very similar to Austin Martin. They're actually ranked back-to-back in our aggregate list. I just I think that Martin can maybe get you second base eligibility, and that's a big bump for me. You know, that's, that's huge. Right. But if he can drive the ball Alec Thomas now I'm talking about a little bit more than if everything's average and then he has that above average power then you have something really worth it but I mean 58 is not crazy low on him it's just uh, I was just surprised that I was the lowest guy on him although there were a couple others now that I'm looking at this that had him 58 as well so we we were thinking sort of the same thing and you're not too far behind to be honest Um, another guy uh, we've already sort of talked about Blaze that was another guy that uh, you were one of a few people i think only two people didn't rank blaze jordan you were one of them but the guy that um i was i actually just picked in our mock draft is dl hall and i think i know the explanation already but to leave him off of the top 100 you have to explain yourself on this one i I think it's kind of similar to to the same thing with uh preciado um you know just kind of trying to make sure some other guys are, are getting on that list and plus you know, it's with Orioles pitching prospects, there's always kind of that thought in the back of your mind that like, this is just not going to work out. Um, so it's, it's still, it's kind of similar to Preciado. A lot of guys want to get on the list and make sure that they get seen. Um, you know, I know DL Hall was on a bunch of uh, other guys' lists, uh, including, a you know, Stoffer having him at 17. I mean, that's yeah, 17. I was about to say that's a, that makes me, very happy because I'm I very much like DL Hall and uh, to see a, I mean he weren't the only one there were seven people six people that didn't rank him at all so I mean you're not alone yeah so you know it's I think there's a healthy distrust of Orioles pitching prospects that's, that's what I thought you were gonna say <laughs> yeah until they prove us wrong right pretty much yeah pretty much I mean, until that I can't changes blame you. can't blame you for that 
Um, I still like D.L. Hall a lot. He, he did run into some injuries there at the end of the year. But again, when he's been pitching him and Grayson, honestly, like they've never experienced statistically poor seasons or even like stretches of time. Like they've just always been successful. So sure, injuries will happen. But unless it's something extremely serious, you can't let injuries get in the, the way of actual success, which, you know, D.L. Hall, Hall was pushing top 50 uh, top 40 list when he was healthy at the beginning of the year and sure the injury sucks but it's not like and then a, dl goes on the dl and then everything goes goes bad yeah i mean and, and that and that never gets old you almost know hurt sometimes so that he can do that you know yeah but um yeah i mean huge huge strike huge strikeout total <laughs> stress fracture uh or stress what is this Stress reaction in his elbow? What the hell is a stress reaction? Do you know what that is? Um, it's it's a reaction to stress. I don't know. I read I'm, it I'm not a doctor over here, dude. Well, you're a pitcher. Figure you, you had to have some stress reactions in your elbow. No, I, I read this. I was I, like, oh, my stress, stress my stress reactions are watching the Brewers' offense. That's my stress reaction. Yeah, that's maybe that's what Dia Hall suffering from he's gonna be out for a while then yeah he's estimated return in february that sounds about right for you huh wow <laughs> sorry that was the only one i'll do <laughs> i apologize i don't want any bad karma are you gonna are you one of those guys that roots for the team that beat your team to win so it makes your team look better or do you want the team that beat you to suffer you know I'm always tired of, I, I've always been tired of the phrase, well, at least you lost to the team that won it all. Yeah. Then that has never given me any sort of comfort yeah, because, so gonna... because then you look back, it's like, we could have beaten this team, you know, like whether, whether it's when I'm playing or whether it's when the Brewers or whoever is playing, it's like, you could have won that series. And if you did, you could have won it all. You, you could have won the World Series if you had just beaten that team because that was the team that ended up winning it all. If you had just taken them down, you could have done it. So it, it just makes me more upset when, when the team that uh, my team lost to ended up winning it all. You're going to root for us to get swept then in the next series is what I'm hearing. I am rooting for not the Dodgers. Um, if it ends up being Dodgers Braves in the NLCS, I'm rooting for the American League. Um, we have Han- we have Hank Aaron. That's our bond here, David. We do it for Hank. Yeah, I guess. But, <laughs> I guess. But but then again, you got to look at the American League, and then it's the Astros who don't want um, yeah d- don't don't want to root for them versus the Red Sox. And Boston has won too many titles over the last twenty plus years. They don't need another parade over there. So, yeah, imagine not after an, another Red Sox World Series. That seems unenjoyable for us. So I'm I'm stuck rooting for the Giants to win Game Five and and then end up end up winning it all. Yeah, and the Giants had play? had a dynasty in the previous decade. Yeah, correct. We're the ones, everybody. We haven't won since '95. That's a long oh, time ago. Oh, boo-hoo! Cry me a river, dude. We haven't won it all since 1957. That's a long time. When when the Braves were in Milwaukee. Do you remember our predictions at the beginning of the year? You had the Brewers going, right? Yeah, I had the Brewers and the White Sox, and both teams just yeah. got completely just good. shafted in the in the first round. If you just replaced the Giants with the Padres, I think we did pretty solid. 
Okay, yeah. no one had the Giants in the postseason at, yeah, at the beginning. You can't of the year. Pull us to that. Nobody. And we both liked the White Sox and the Astros, and uh, I think I had the Blue Jays in there. Instead yeah, of the they gave it. They gave it a shot at the end of the they season. There, they, yeah. they gave it quite the ride. So did the yeah. Mariners. They came out of nowhere and they gave it a ride. Yeah, and, Mariners though. Anyway, back I, to the I'm excited back to for the that future in Seattle. They're they're gonna be so good when they get J Rod up there. Um, when when they get um all these you know all their pitchers coming up, Emerson Hancock, George Kirby, all these guys. When when these prospects arrive, I mean they, they got a very very bright future in Seattle. They're a few years away still. Like those guys still have to come up and perform. And, and they, they honestly remind right. me of the 2017 Brewers that fell just a game short of the postseason. But they're you you know they had guys coming up that were on their way, um, and they were about to establish themselves. Really good team, really fun team, um, very young, and they they seem to show up a little bit earlier than expected. That's what they remind me of. Um, so I, I think there's I think there's gonna be a bright future, and you know I maybe they could get a playoff spot next year. Yeah, I don't see why not. I think that as long as they don't do what the Padres did and try to trade all of their Sell the farm for, yeah, to get there a year early. Yeah, uh, right before you finish your top fifty list, and <laughs> you know half your list is just decimated. Oh you have to go I'm seventy, eighty yeah. deep. Thank you. They didn't read my list. Read my list first before you trade everybody. The curse of <laughs> Hudson Head. Hope they oh no. Oh, I ranked yeah, Hudson Head. Was Hudson Head on your top one hundred? Yeah, he. I put him at a hundred. <laughs> Uh, of course. Were, were, were you still the high guy on Hudson Head there? Yep, I'm the high. I'm the high guy and the low guy because I'm the, You're only, the only guy. Yeah. I mean, there's there's weird names here at the the end that were ranked by one person. I'm gonna, you know, they'll know who they are, but like Samad Taylor was ranked. Um, AJ Puck was still ranked. He's still eligible. Yeah. <laughs> well, he got hurt. Yeah, um, it keeps on getting hurt. Yeah. Like Cole Wilcox. I know I it's probably a pars list ranking all these randos at the end and they're all going to hit <laughs> too. So anyway, um, let's get back to the order of business before we get too far down that rabbit hole. But um, a couple other guys I wanted to mention that um, I was, I didn't rank. Uh, and looking back on it, it's, you know, maybe I should have, I think I might be the only guy on in both of these guys, but it's Gabriel Moreno and uh, Kiebert Ruiz. And it's for the simple fact that they're catchers, and I don't want to deal with catchers in, in Dynasty unless they're Adley Rutschman. Um, or apparently Austin Wells, who I'm, I'm very high on. But I don't view Austin Wells as a catcher necessarily. I feel like Kiebert and Gabriel are clearly catchers, and that's going to ruin their Dynasty. Not ruin it, but like lower their Dynasty value for me. That's I guess that's the only thing I have to say for that, because Gabriel Moreno is 49. You ranked him 46. Kieber Ruiz was ranked 51. You ranked him 52. Somebody ranked Kieber Ruiz 13. What? That's pretty high. That's pretty high. Right. But again, I just, I, I, it's just catchers. So come at me with what you will, but um, catchers, no. Um, the last part of this exercise I wanted to do is, since we are both on this podcast and nobody is joining us right now, we can kind of have a debate on some of the guys that we really have a gap on. And of course, some guys, you know, you didn't rank, we don't know where they would have ranked if you had ranked them outside of the hundred. So I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about guys that we actually ranked on our top 100 list. And the first guy that comes to mind, I had at 
number 42, Jackie Robinson. You had him at number 19. That's a good, you know, 20-something spots apart. He Mm -hmm. came in at number 17 on our list. So clearly you're closer to the majority. That's Vidal Brujan. So what do you uh what do you think about that uh that difference there? Yeah, I mean Bruhan I've always liked him. Um you know, I, I think, you know, even though he's in a very kind of crowded picture there uh in Tampa Bay, uh they're going to find ways to to get him in that game and, and use him. You know, he's I I think he's going to maintain second base eligibility plus the outfield eligibility. Um, and just with what he brings offensively, the, there's a lot of value uh, with Bruhan. Um, you know, obviously shortstop is, is going to be spoken for in, in Tampa Bay for a little while, but you know, with, with second base and outfield eligibility, uh, I, th- there's a lot to like with Bruhan. Yeah. I just, ne- I never liked the speed only profile. And then, of course, he came out this year and hit, like, what, 10 home runs in the first couple of weeks of the year. It was hitting, like, 350, just crazy. And I was like, oh, okay, I was wrong. Um, But then after that, after as soon as I started to buy into it, he sucked again. Then he got called up and hit 077. And then he went back down and sucked some more, ending up at 262 with only 12 home runs on the year. Of course, those 44 stolen bases are gold, and I totally get that. But I just don't want one-dimensional guys like that on my dynasty roster i want guys that are are contributing in four to five when i can so not to say that i would not take videl brujan but i'm not going to pay a premium for a guy that might just do one thing really really well so that's where i'm at there fair enough yeah another guy that again very weird ranking um he goes as high as 16 and as low as 94 on our list he checks in at number 41 uh which is exactly where you have him so winner winner chicken dinner for you yeah i have him at 73 and i think i was i thought i was high on him because i I feel like people have given up on him that's sixto sanchez so i'll let you take this one uh sixto sanchez at 41 you still believe i'm assuming yeah, I mean, I, I still believe. I mean, he's a he's a really talented pitcher. Had the injury that uh, shut him down this season, um, but I really like what the Marlins are building uh, with that pitching staff down there. They got some really good guys, and I think a really good program um, that has turned out some good guys. Um, was it a uh, Trevor Rogers down there? I mean, pretty much a rookie of the year candidate. He kind of came out of you know, you know, all of a sudden he's pitching extremely well. I, I really like their system. I like what they got. Um, so Sixto, I think he's going to come back healthy and, and with what we saw from him previously, uh, very talented arm. So I'm, I'm still, I'm still higher on him. I, I still like him. Yeah. I mean, I like him too. The thing though, I'm looking over his minor league track record. It's just, the strikeouts are not great. <laughs> They're not going to be elite. Um, they were 97, um, 97 Ks in 103 innings in 2019 and never in his career, even at the low levels, like in 2017, where you expect him, you know, he's going to be striking everybody out 20 and 27 innings, 64 and 67 innings. So I think that's always just kind of held me back on him, but you know, the ERAs have been nice. The walks are very, very impressive for a guy with the kind of stuff that he has. So I feel like uh, maybe something in the middle of that, I think, I think that he has a uh, potential to just kind of be an average pitcher. And I think that's, you know, 
41 for, I mean, some of the other guys around him, I don't see, you know, Reed Detmers is around him, Cade Cavalli, Emerson Hancock, Nick Lodolo, Hunter Green. To, to me, these strikeout guys, like they're all just crazy strikeout guys, and Sixto just isn't, and he never has shown that. So unless he can fix that, I'm going to always be a little bit lower on him, I think. Uh, last guy here, and I was surprised that you were a little bit lower on this guy. Um, actually, one of our biggest differences I have him at 27. He clocks in at 48. You have him at 62. Uh, that's a big gap. That's George Valera. So um, I, I was very surprised, not to say that you're wrong in any any means, or but I thought we had always spoken very highly on him when we've talked to uh, you know our Indians guru and we've discussed him on the site. Um, so 62. What's 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 the hate on Valera? And again, I don't I don't think it's hate, but 62 is quite quite low for a guy like him. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, I, I really think he just kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit, you know, going through looking at guys, and I just kind of came back. I'm like, oh, yeah, George Valera, you know, where am I at? Where am I at? Got to slot him in here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Valera, you know, really talented dude. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see that, you know, he was ranked a little bit higher than than where I put him in, in the aggregate. Um, but, you know, there are a couple other guys, I think that were a little bit uh, down on him as well. Um, but, you know, we'll see what, what he can do um, in, in Cleveland. And like I, like I said, with, uh, with Isaiah Green, there's going to be plenty of opportunities uh, going forward. And, I mean, Valera's further ahead of Green, obviously. Um, but uh, it's... It, I mean, it, there's a lot to like there for sure. I, yeah. I just think he honestly kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit. You know, to be fair with what you're saying, he hasn't really jumped off the page at any stop in his professional career. And 2019 was admittedly quite bad. But I, I still think the swing is there. The age is just he's been so young for every level he's been at. Being 20 years old at double A is pretty special. The walks, you know, that's. Something to look at as well. The walks have been very good. So I think Valera is, is quite a nice prospect. But he does get lost. I feel like people just don't – because he hasn't jumped. Yeah. I mean, yet, he hit so. 260 this season, which is solid. Like, it's not bad, yeah, it's but not it's not – oh, my God, this dude's, you know, a, a clear top 50 uh, prospect. You know, I mean, he had 19 homers, which is great, um, but – it's that, that's just kind of yeah, a, right. I think a part of it where he got lost too. And for me personally, the hit tool is never going to be a problem. It was the power. So when he started to show the 19 home runs, yes, a little bit of that average went down, but I'm not worried about that because I already thought it was a plus tool. Then power now is showing up speeds now coming. So to me, he, he improved the stock this year, even if the numbers don't jump off the page, which they certainly do not. They're not. Oh my gosh, this guy is going to, be amazing but if he does that in 2022 which he'll probably start in double a and he comes out out the gate you man that guy's gonna fly up ranking so be be yeah. aware of that going forward all right anybody else that you wanted to touch on i sort of store uh steered that conversation but anybody else that uh you look at your rankings and maybe you want to touch on here at the end as we uh finish up our aggregate discussion um let's see Andy, uh, Aaron Ashby at 30, 31. 
Every, everyone always goes with Andy Ashby to start with. Well, yeah, you can't. You also yeah. ranked Joey Bart. I, I couldn't rank Joey Bart anymore. I'm done with him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I had him like down near the bottom. Yeah, you had him pretty low. Uh, still believe in Nate Pearson. You did rank Nate Pearson. Yep. It's very interesting. So check it out when you have a chance. It's on the site. It'll be you know right there on the main page. Um, a lot of interesting information here. And I do think that this is a list that you could kind of follow in a dynasty draft without really worrying about getting screwed over because there are some lists. Again, I'm going to say this again, that I, I don't know what it is if they're seeing the guys live and they fall in love with it. But like, if I'm making a list, you know, two years ago, I put Hudson head in the top 40, you know, nobody can check that, you know, and that probably <laughs> doesn't look great right now, but this way, you know, he gets pushed up, but he's not crazy. You know, if people don't believe in him, he's not going to jump up the ranks here. So, you know, guys that uh, are, should be here are here. And I think the order is is pretty solid. And it's such a different list, too, for, you know, the pandemic last year. The list at the end of the year and at the, uh, you know, a year later, it didn't really change a whole lot. <laughs> and now it's changed a grip since even this the beginning of this year. Like this list is way different than if we were doing this show back in February. Like, it's crazy how much they've changed. And, and you can check out those lists, too. They're on the website as well. You just go to the drop-down menu. You can see a couple years past um, of these aggregates lists. And, and it's crazy how much this one changed this year. So, exciting stuff. Anything else to add, David? Uh, No. No, I don't think so. Nothing. You don't want to continue to talk about our playoff series, eh? No. <laughs> well uh just a little bit of housekeeping here as well before we sign off thanks for everybody for listening for the full season um i think we, we've been pretty consistent david don't you think i mean we yeah. missed maybe one or two weeks for a whole year um and that was you know coming off of a podcast that you, you got some episodes for but I, I really do think that we tried our best to give you consistent content and it might not have always been the the best or the funniest or whatever <laughs> but we were here for you so that's something, reliability. Uh, that's great. But as you can probably imagine, there's going to be a lot less to talk about here as we reach the offseason and head into the winter months. We all go into hibernation. You and I, no exception to that. So we're still going to try to get a couple episodes out throughout the offseason, but it's not nearly going to be as consistent as the weekly show that you've hopefully been enjoying these last couple of months. So we'll, we'll probably take a couple of weeks off after our next episode, which will be about our mock draft that we had um, a huge mock draft it's going to go on for a long time so but we will talk about that and, and where people got picked it's also another way of a top 100 list in a sense because you can see where guys are going in what would be a dynasty format so very interesting stuff and that's going to be sort of our finale there we'll go over that and uh, you can follow along on twitter as well um, if you follow prospects 1500 and uh, the hashtag too early MILB mock draft. You can see every pick, uh, at least the people that are posting their picks. And uh, there is a link to the spreadsheet as well. You can follow along. It's very interesting. There's some guys going now, and I think we're in pick, you know, one, what are you, pick 180? 196. There are guys now that I'm like, oh, I got to look that guy up because I don't know who that is. <laughs> so, yeah, we're getting like, is this guy still on the board? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Nitty gritty. Yeah. So, uh, we will discuss that. And then after that, we're, we're definitely going to take a couple of weeks off as a break. We're going to recharge our batteries. We'll probably do 
um, something around January. Uh, well, I guess we probably maybe we'll be. I, we haven't decided. Don't hold us to anything, but we'll we'll get back to those top 50 lists that are coming out in the off season. And of course, when the spring training comes back, we'll definitely get back to at least a, a weekly episode. So it's been a good run, David. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, it has. It's it's been a lot of fun, and it's been uh, close, close to a friendship we've had that. One of us, I mean, one of us had to get eliminated, but yet here we are, still friends, still brothers. What a what a combo we've become, huh? Oh yeah, yeah absolutely beautiful. I'm I'm totally not flipping you off behind the camera here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I wouldn't expect it any other way. Otherwise, I'd be quite disappointed. But that's gonna do it for us here. Futures Focus, David Gasper, Alex Sanchez. Thanks for listening, and tune in for the next episode. Hopefully next week, maybe a week after that, somewhere in that range. But Uh, We will talk to you soon.